Welcome to Season 2 of Been There, Done That, a pandemic survival podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Perez, and in this show, we'll be talking to some real-life experts on how to get through this time filled with unexpected changes, challenges, and feelings of hopelessness. And those experts are everyday people like you and me. Turns out we may be more prepared for this than we realize. So let's get started and see what we can relearn. All right. So today we are welcoming back to the second season, my childhood bestie, Sarah, uh, from SoCal and uh, the city of Orange, where so many uh, different and other interviews are happening, especially if they are my family members. So in that category, um, Sarah, before we get started, I'm wondering if you can share maybe two things that you remember that we talked about last time. Two things. Um, well, the ones that I remember the most are um, we talked about community. Um, oh, yes. You were loving up your neighbors. Oh, yeah. So that's still happening. Um, a lot of that going around in orange, people helping out. Um, it's just a daily thing that I see. Um, and then the other thing we talked about was me not working right before this happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And how I thought that, you know, kind of prepared me, um, which I'm not really sure if I feel the same anymore. <laughs> we Why can not? get into what's that ha- later. Well, what's, <laughs> no, let's get into that now. What's happening? Um, well, at first we talked about, you know, me not working and it kind of prepared me for when this all went down and I was already home. Um, but I feel now like it was just like a rest before the rest. You know, this has been like a huge. This is now too much. Too much. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've never been a person that hasn't worked. I've worked my whole life. Mm-hmm. And this has been the longest time that I haven't. And at first I was like, okay, this is nice. You know, I get to do stuff around the house, yeah. you know, wake up when I want, even though I wake up at 630 every day. Um, but it's been, it's become a little bit too much. And, uh, can I ask, would you have, um, still left work and taken this time for yourself, um, in a very high stress, you know, medical office, would you have still taken the time off if you knew that this was going to happen? Like if you knew that some sort of like global um, health issue was going to happen and work was going to get even more stressful and people were going to be laid off or not be able to have work as normal or as usual, would you have still done it? I'm not sure. That's a good question. I think about that all the time because I thought, oh my gosh, if I was still working and, you know, all this is going on and we're, you know, we're terrified of germs and here I work in a medical office, you know, would I have asked to take time off and stayed home? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure because then I think on the other hand, right now it's, I've, I'm in contact with some of the people from work and it's mm-hmm. changed so much. You know, they're doing video appointments. Right. Um, they've limited the number of patients that come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that they're working four days a week. They're alternating people. And it's, it's just been such a big change. I would have been there helping doing that, you know, mm-hmm. and there has been, um, I have no shame in saying this because I even told my old boss, I have some guilt about it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, guilt that 
these coworkers I have and these people I respect are having to go through all this and I'm, I'm not there. And yeah. so it just, and I know it goes on without me, but I feel a little bit of guilt not being there. And so that, that's been hard, but I'm not sure if I would have asked for the time. I'm not, I'm not really sure what I would have done. Do you have the option to go back and are you considering it? Um, I always said I'm still on staff because I said I'd go back and help when they needed it. Um, but I think also with my autoimmune disease, it was kind of better for me to stay home. Um, but I'm not sure. I mean, I'll always still be there if they need me. I don't know when this goes down, you know, when this kind of dies down, if they're going to need me, I would, I would love to help out. So I'm not sure. I know, you know, I've left it on good terms with them yeah, and I'm yeah. still in contact with them because I care and I worry about, you know, right. the people there. So right. it's just, it's not been the vacation I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that I think that's been happening to to a lot of folks too. You know, like we we're hearing stories and have heard stories about the folks who had a wedding, um, and all these people were going to travel and come in for the wedding, and some folks have elected to postpone their wedding, um, have it, and not have all those folks um, come into town. Um, I had a relative who had a wedding right at the beginning of the pandemic, and people still went, and they still had the wedding. Um, we've heard stories where when there have been mass gatherings like this, and that tends to be the epicenter if somebody was sick in there um, mm-hmm. for a lot of other folks getting ill. And then recently, uh, just this weekend, there was a picture of a wedding where it was still in this big hall and there were seats set up for everyone. And they had like big posters printed of all the people that would have oh been my there gosh. and they were there, right? So all these different ways of like still having things happen. But then there's a lot of vacations that have been canceled. And, you know, as, as even in California, they're talking about, oh, we should open up schools again in July. It's like, wait, where's the summer part? Where's the actual vacation? There's like an assumption that right Mm -hmm. now is the vacation. This is not a vacation. People are still struggling to figure out, you know, what to do. So, you know, um, yeah, this isn't the respite time. Uh, but the sun is out now and it's been like in the nineties, uh, at your house. Um, do you have air conditioning in your home? We do. We have a, it's a smaller home here, but um, we have air conditioning um, and some fans blowing. So it still gets hot, but what, where the air conditioning is, we're, we're pretty good. We're lucky yeah. here. Yeah, yeah we're, we're set. I mean, I think part of the vacation or relaxing or, um, you know, sort of having time off, so much of that, I know for me, when I think about that, I look forward then to traveling for fun, right? hanging out with people, socializing, getting a massage, you know, sort of the like rest and relaxation things. And those are all the things you can't do right now. Yeah. I mean, so, you can't even go sit in a restaurant. And, no. So what know. are you doing? What are you doing for, for, for fun, for relaxation, for enjoying life? Um, last time we spoke, there was a lot of time that, that you and your partner were sitting outside of the house and, and even gathering with your like next door neighbors. Mm-hmm. Is that still happening or is that now old? That's like the TV show that has the same episode every time. <laughs> it's not happening as much. I mean, with, with my fiance, yes. I mean, every day we're out there, but um, it's not happening as much. We still, we still see them every day, hang out, you know, not, it's just not as much, but We've been going, uh, now that the weather's better, we've been going on bike rides, um, when, especially when he has his boys on the weekends. So 
We go on walks. We go on bike rides. Uh, we've been cooking a lot. Um, he he has a green thumb and he's been working on the garden. I not so much. So I, I encourage him and I watch him water and plant. Um, <laughs> okay, but wait, but wait before, before we go down that hole, uh, that rabbit hole even more, let, let's now get into these, this season's questions, right? So the first question mm-hmm. is about consumption because you're starting to get into that. Um, mm-hmm. What were the things that you were consuming and, you know, purchasing um, ingredients, food, music, entertainment, um, but also like what were you putting in your mind? Like were you reading, were you listening to any music or watching any particular television or film? Like what was your consumption and your consumption habits like in the past? And what is it like now, if anything has changed? In other words, this garden, this green thumb that your fiance has, um, was he working on the garden and getting things ready for it before the pandemic or more so now? Um, yeah, he's, he was slowly doing it before, but I feel like he's got more time now. Uh, and so he, he's been doing that more now. Um, he, he does work from home, mm-hmm. but he, he, in the last few weeks, he has been traveling a little bit. So, um, what have I been consuming? I mean, I guess in the past we always made dinner, but we always made time for date night and date night was we went out and had mm-hmm. a meal, you know, we went out to our favorite restaurants and, you know, um, but now, I mean, God, I remember when this first happened to, I don't think I told you this last time I kept begging him to go to the store mm-hmm. and, um, Oh, cause I was sick when this first happened, I got mm-hmm. sick. And so I did not want to go out in public. I wasn't sure if I had it, you know? Right, so I right. just, I was like, I am not going anywhere for two weeks. I'm staying here. So I kept telling him, you need to go to the grocery store. I'm seeing on the news, everybody's going to the grocery store, buying toilet paper, buying this. Right. And, you know, he didn't, we both didn't understand why, but if everybody's buying toilet paper, we better get some because, mm-hmm. you know, we need it too. So I kept begging him to go to the grocery store. I said, just get stuff like we love vegetables and meats. You know, we're not big carb people, but I said, just get fresh vegetables that we can eat, get frozen ones, mm-hmm. you know, something that we can kind of, later if we have to right right i love my fiance (laughs) he comes back with tons of food right some stuff i don't eat like frozen burritos and all that stuff whatever but he bought cans of black eyed peas and a can of yams (laughs) i said is the world ending? Like, I don't, have you ever eaten canned black eye? Was this the only thing left on the shelf? And he was like, well, I was just trying to think of like vegetables and stuff, you know, I'm like, we, we don't have to eat like that. Like we still have options available. I mean, every time I've been to the market, it's had, I've found eggs. There's, I've never seen toilet paper, but you can still get everything you need, you know? So it doesn't, mean we have to so eat did like, you eat did you eat the black eyed peas and the candy yams yet oh no there's still <laughs> i i told him i'd rather eat my right arm i mean there's it's still in the cupboard bless him so 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 have you been able to go to the grocery store uh since then and get the things that you actually want to need yes <laughs> it, but you know what i don't i don't really like going to the grocery store i mean we have to i have to go later today too but it's just to me I, I don't know. Did you like it before? 
I did. What What oh, did yeah. you like about it before? We, we would take our time going down the aisle, looking for special, looking for things we need, you know, new products. Now I'm like, okay, I have a plan. I have a list. I go in, don't, don't, you know, have my mask on, have my gloves on. And you see some people still don't, you know, they don't have. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, that scares me. You know, I look mm-hmm. around, there's elderly people all around. I had, there was this elderly man. I was helping get these paper towels down and he had no mask on. I'm did like, you ask him if he needed one? Like, well, I'm trying to figure out like why people yes, don't wear I them. did. I said, yeah. sir, did you need an extra mask? And he said, no, I'm okay. I, I promise. And I was like, I, you know, I didn't really want to push him. <laughs> I'm like, uh, okay. You know, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard when you like ask, when you see somebody who doesn't have it and you're like, okay, well, I don't want to be the a-hole who just says, where's your mask? But you also are so you're like, do you need one? And then yeah. they politely say, no, I don't. And it's almost as if asking someone if they need a mask and someone telling you that they don't need one is code for, listen, asshole, do you have a fucking mask? And like, no, I fucking don't. And I don't care. Okay. Like it's exactly. really like code for something else. Yes. Something deeper. <laughs> okay. So, so before it was leisure, you could take yes. your time. You could even be open to like finding something that maybe you didn't even know you needed or wanted. And now right. it's like a reconnaissance mission. It's stay focused. Yes. Only go to this aisle. If you don't need it, stay away from that aisle. Um, so it's more stressful. Yes. Less sure. fun. <laughs> Less fun. I mean, you get in, you get what you need. And then, you know, I've been even trying, you know, if, if I do go to the grocery store, I, you know, let my mom know, see if she needs anything. You didn't you know, ask like her a, before? No. No. <laughs> my mom's, my mom is always at the grocery store, Trader Joe's. I mean, she cooked, she's used to cooking all the time. And so, you know, she just does her own thing. But now I'm like, I if I'm going, do you need anything? Because I don't, I don't want my parents to be, you know, Without. out at the grocery store. Yeah. So, so you're not switching what you're eating. So you got home black eyed peas in a can and <laughs> you didn't say, you know what? I'm going to eat this now. You're like, no, I still have some choices, no. some interests. Are you changing um, what you're making at home? Um, I mean, yeah. Like if you can't trying... go out for the date night, or are you ordering in? We have done that. I have done what we've done is order from our neighborhood. Like, you know, we Local try once a week to go uh-huh, to support them. We try to go to, you know, there's El Ranchito for Taco Tuesday. You know, there's such nice people there and we try to support them. So we, we do take out. I mean, if I'm, you know, really can't make anything or go anywhere i'll do you know uber eats or whatever because they have like the your local ones get free delivery um but we've been cooking a lot i mean trying new things there's something too i've been doing with my friends um we've been doing a chop challenge what is a chop challenge it is is this from like the tv show chopped where you have like kind of like ingredients yes so we started with um we started with uh, a meal. So it was, we picked a poultry and then three basket or three or four basket items. And then um, we all sent um, my friend Corinne uh, all the ingredients and then she mixed it up. We did a zoom and she mixed it up and picked out all the items. So it was like chicken, um, caramel candy, 
Oh, wait, wait, wait. So you mean like a group of you picked some things that you had, you sent them all like on a list to one person, and then that one person picked from the list of what people yes. already had. This is what yes. you're going to use. Got it. it. It wasn't, I don't believe everybody had it. It was just, hey, this is what you're going to, you know, what you need to get. And so um, we do that. And then we, let's say we're, we're going to do it on a Friday. Um, well, obviously we all can't be there to taste it or see it. So we have to actually send in video mm-hmm. of us using the ingredients, right? Uh-huh, to, to show proof. It. Yes. And then at the end we take a picture and then we put it on Facebook and people vote um, for who, who, I mean, it just, it, it honestly has to look it's, good. Because I thought this was really easy. And the more you kept talking about it, the more, this is like more and more complicated. So did this already happen? What was the meal? And yes. Who won? Yes. The first week, um, your cousin, Michelle won actually. <gasps> what was the meal? It was, she did like a, a breaded chicken with uh, this butternut squash on top. You have to, you have to go look at the picture because it was really pretty. Yeah. Okay. So and it looked good. Did it taste good? Or at least did the video make it seem like people like it? It looked like it tastes good. Yeah. I think her family liked it. So that's a problem. We can't really taste it, but it looked, it looked really beautiful. Um, the well, her kids we- wouldn't lie for her. Her kids would no. let you know if that meal was not good. That is true. Um, and then last week, I actually missed last week because my dog was very sick. Um, so I told them, go on without me. And they did a dessert round, uh, which looked phenomenal. They had uh, jalapenos. In the dessert? Um, yes. Um, and some of them did like a jalapeno glaze. Some of them did like this air-dried jalapeno, like candied jalapeno. Um, one even made like a... a ice cream with it wait, so, a minute, wait a minute is there another one like today no so we have one um we got our ingredients the other day and we have to do it for next wednesday it's going to be this one's going to be like a liquor uh-huh. like you do like a, a drink and then uh-huh. an appetizer so it's whiskey you got to figure out something with, with this whiskey um oh, what are the other ones but who gets oh doritos vote? Who gets Doritos. to vote? Anyone on, on Facebook anybody who knows on so, you all? Anybody on social media. We all, it's tagged to all of our pages and people vote. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You, you have to make a, a cocktail and it has to include Doritos and whiskey? Well, the cocktail has to be made from whiskey. So any, you have to come up with a concoction with whiskey. Mm. And then the appetizer has to have peanut butter, Doritos, and Munster cheese. What in the world? Oh, you watch these girls. These girls what? come up with some awesome <laughs> stuff. I know. So okay, I'm planning okay. it out, and then yeah. it has to be done next Wednesday. And you did not ever do anything like this before. No. So who brought this on? Who inspired this? Why are you doing this now? Um, you know, they every day my friends in the group text. You know, we we talk about food a lot, and so you know, it was people showing what they were cooking and new things that they've tried or their breads they were baking. And I, I don't know, we just came up with this, Hey, let's do this. I think we originally said, Hey, let's, let's pick a chicken, you know, somebody, everybody cook chicken tonight and let's see what they come up with. And then I think it was Corinne that my friend that said, let's do a chop challenge and let's do this. And it was like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. But before this, if I, if I recall correctly, 
I, I, you know, sort of stalk a little bit as you're just like going through Facebook and, and getting your, your, your mm-hmm. input on what everybody's doing. It seems like you have a, a network of, of friends who do get together quite regularly to go out either for a happy hour or to get together yes. at people's houses and just sort of like celebrate each other for different things. So it's not uncommon for you all to be in so much contact and socializing, but it being related to a food challenge and yeah. chopped and whiskey and Doritos is maybe what's different. Yeah. It's a challenge that we all do from our own home. Uh, it's just a way of us still sticking together and having fun, but not physically, you know, Yeah, we talked about like when we finally all get to hang out, like everybody cook their, fi- you know, their, their best one and, you know, we'll all share it or try it. So so, pick, I mean, so but when you can get back together again, recook your favorite quarantine meal, and now you yes. can finally taste it. Yes. Yeah, I really want to know what happens with Doritos, peanut butter, and Munster cheese. I mean, okay. I'm already Next seeing Wednesday. it as like a, a nacho dip, like some kind of a cheese dip that has peanut butter in it. Um, I'm going to give you an idea right now. What if you oh, melt it you. down? What if you melt it down like in a crock pot, um, a bunch of uh, Munster cheese and almost like a, like a margarita where there's like a salt rim. That's where you put the peanut butter. It's a peanut butter rim around mm. the bowl. Munster cheese as the dip and you use Doritos to like eat to it. Dip so it in? It's a, yeah. So it's like nacho cheese with a little sweetness if you wanted the peanut butter. That sounds delicious. Thank you. Or, or what if, can you make peanut butter chips? Can you like, oh, 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 Sarah, oh, Sarah. <laughs> okay, okay, you know how there's like mango, um, like dried mango that's like dipped in chocolate, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like the chocolate hardens, right? What if you melted down some peanut butter and you took the Dorito chips and you just dipped half of the Dorito chips into mm. melted peanut butter and that dried so then it becomes like a dorito with a t- fine little line of peanut butter on one end and when you dip it in the munster cheese you get cheese peanut butter dorito oh my gosh look at that Boom. don't tell lisa you told me that okay Boom. oh my here's, gosh here's what the kids would do when i taught high school they would get flaming hot um uh cheetos mm-hmm. and then put just open the back, okay? It's still in the back. And then they would dip, or pour rather, hot nacho cheese into the bag, and then you eat it with a fork. Yeah. You just like put the fork in and you take, see? So I think you could even just take a bag of Doritos, pour in the Munster cheese, and maybe even some melted peanut butter. I'm going to have to play with, I'm going to have to play around with that. That sounds yeah. so good. <laughs> Well, thank you so now much. I'm getting hungry. Now I'm getting hungry. <laughs> I can't help you with the whiskey, but okay. So what else, what else were you consuming before? If you were super busy and there was a commute and the stress of work, like how would you unwind in the past? Like, would you listen to particular kind of music or were you watching particular shows or were you watching a movie series before? Um, are you watching anything or listening to anything or even reading right now? Yeah, I feel like I've gone to the whole Netflix. Um, before really? all of it, bef- all yeah. of it, all of the whole almost. Netflix. <laughs> almost. I just finished Ozark, so I'm really sad about that. I want to oh. restart it. Did you ever yeah. do that? I did. I did, and and I don't remember. Did the series finish now? It's over. Well, it's on the third season. Just ended. Right, right. So the no, it's not over, over. Just that one. That the yeah. show didn't end. The season did. Yes. I didn't see any of those things coming. People died that I did not assume was going to die. Um, Yeah. 
That's but, pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, but um, to else? answer your question, I mean, before when I was working, you know, and it would take me like an hour to get home from Newport Beach. I listened to uh, NPR or like certain podcasts, Radio Lab. Um, I'd gotten into this one. I love The Office. It's my favorite show. And so they have The Office Ladies. It's the two two ladies from there, Jenna Fisher and, and Angela Kinsley. Oh they my God. The podcast? Yes. They break down every episode from, really? from one. Oh, it, it cracks me up. Oh, wow. So I was what listening to What they share about the episode? Every episode, things you would never know, like um, people, extras in the background, they're usually the writers from the show. Um, personal things that they have um, in the background of scenes. It's just, it's so nerdy. It's just, if, if, if you love lovely. That's I lovely. love it. I love finding like when you find a TV show or a movie that you like really, really love. And then somehow there's like a book or a podcast or a TV show or even like a tiny little video that shows you like the behind the scenes stuff. Oh, yeah. That's the best. We watch like, you know, where when Game of Thrones is big, every episode, me and my fiance would find the podcast about people talking about that episode and breaking it down and yeah. like, Given yeah. us new, you know, we're, we're super podcasting nerds. Um, but yeah, are I was you doing not a lot doing of, that now? No, I, not as much. Um, I feel like I've kind of fallen into the TV a little bit too much. Yeah. You know, I wake up and I do my good morning in America and then, you know, this and that. And I feel like, uh, and have all those shows moved to like zoom? I, I noticed that moment when like, the, the news, like the big news channels like CNN and Fox and MSNBC, like they, they've all kind of adapted um, like where they're coming from and even like Entertainment Tonight, right? Like it's from somebody's living room now, SNL, mm -hmm. it's from people's homes. Is that what's happening on, on the shows that you're watching too? Yeah, there, there's maybe two in, in the, you know, in the studio, but the rest are at home. And it's so funny seeing certain those people too, like how they're just comfortable at home and different clothes and you know, they don't have the whole hair and makeup people there. Yeah, they're having to be their own hair and makeup yes. people. Does it, why does it feel like watching them? Does it, do you, do you as the viewer miss their hair and makeup people? <laughs> like, are you no. like, please, you I, looked. I like it, it just shows that they're real people too and mm -hmm. they don't know how to do the hair. <laughs> <laughs> makes me feel better that I have a, you know, bun in my hair all day. No, I actually have been getting dressed and putting on makeup. I know like a lot of people, you know, the first few weeks, it was just like, oh, you can just sit in your pajamas. And, you know, you see all those memes and stuff like I have my morning pajamas and my night pajamas, you yeah. know, and stuff <laughs> like that. It's like, <laughs> you know, I get it, but I feel like lately I've been needing to get up and it makes me feel better like for the day or gives me purpose that I'm ready to go if something were to happen you know it seems like a lot of folks listened to something as a way of passing the time or multitasking in their commute right mm. like a lot of people were listening to something whether it's books on tape or podcasts or the news in their car to and mm -hmm. from you know the next place so it was like how can i take advantage quote unquote of this time by doing multiple things at once and now that you can take your time or not go anywhere that that those sort of listening things kind of 
are getting lost right now. And there is more, so. more like TV or book reading or walking or, or doing something different. Um, have you been in your car, like just to go for a ride? Do you miss your car? I actually did. It had been a while. Cause even if I do go somewhere, my fiance usually um, drives. Right. Um, so so do I you remember how to drive still. I do. <laughs> actually, this is so funny. Cause the other day he's like, let's go walk. This is two days ago. He goes, let's go wash our cars. And I said, why? He said, because they're dirty. It's like, when's the last time you washed your car? And I was like, I don't know. You know? And so he went down the street to that self wash, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, you're going to have to help me with this. Cause this looks Are the car washes complex. Near your no, house. not the, I don't. What about the ones where somebody else, you know, dries it down? I don't know if I've seen. Oh, they are. They are. I've actually seen it. Yeah. But, but this was the. No, he wanted to do the. You put your money in and you shoot your car with this stuff. It's yes. all timed. I was like, oh, yes. this is complex. But then he's showing me and then, you know, and then we're like dancing around and, you know, having fun with it. And then we pulled both of our cars over. We vacuumed and we're in there. I looked at him and I go, that was really fun. He said, quarantine 2020, it's fun cleaning your car. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> like literally that was so much fun. I mean, it's pretty sad, but. Are you, do you think you're going to keep this up? Do you think for fun, you're going to go wash your car now? No. <laughs> it was fun for that day. I'm hoping it doesn't get to that point. I like having my car washed, but you know, we, we, he wanted to do it. We did it. It was productive. It was fun. You know, came back cleaned up some more that's the other thing too is cleaning things are I've never, real clean right now <laughs> i mean i reorganize things i mean my spices are lined up uh, i mean uh, you know i've gone through drawers and closets and just trying to keep it clean i mean so that's so that's that's getting into that next question which is about the development right like so mm -hmm. what during this time opposite of consumption is growing is improving is changing over time and i also want to see like are there any updates with bailey your daughter who is in the uk um and has been there and was there with one week's worth of clothes because she thought she was only going to go there and be there to be with her boyfriend for the spring break week mm -hmm. um and she still has to move out of the apartment in new york and graduation and all of those things so what has developed in that story and in that relationship to everything well she we just talked yesterday and we are going to purchase a ticket for her in the next two weeks mm -hmm. for her to come home in the next two weeks. So Which she wants home? to, her New York she wants to come California to home? California. Uh -huh. So things in New York, um, she's still talking to people that live there. Uh, they're still, they're improving, um, but not getting that much better. You know, people right. are still staying at home. Things are still kind of closed. Um, so originally she's supposed to move at the end of May when she graduates. And now, she has put in several calls to her landlord or the manager who has not called her back. Um, she's having problems with that because she's trying to figure out the lease. Can she get out of the lease early? She's supposed to have somebody live there after she moved out for a few months. So that's not going to happen. So there's a lot of things that are up in the air, but I think she's just going to come home and be with us mm -hmm. and try to figure out, okay, when it's safe to go back, we're going to go back and help her move move back home so it's been 
really hard not having her hair. And um, I think I figured something out too uh, with my dog. Uh, you know, my dog's not been feeling good for a while. She's an older dog with a heart murmur. And we didn't How know. She, she? Um, she, they think they found her on the street. So they think she's around 11 mm-hmm. and she has a four out of five heart murmur. Um, so she, you know, she, she does good for a while and then she will not feel good, not eat. Well, we found out she's got these infected teeth and like I told you, she got pulled yesterday. So hopefully she'll start feeling better, but. And she had five teeth pulled. Five. Yeah. We're supposed to, she's supposed to have one. She had five. So poor thing. Hopefully she will be feeling a lot better. But the one thing I've noticed is that, you know, it's me and her every day. You know, I take care of her. I love being her mom. And when something goes wrong with her, we're talking not, about the dog again, the dog. Yes. Yes. When something goes wrong, I kind of freak out. And my fiance is always like, you just need to take a deep breath. Why are you giving yourself all this anxiety? She's a dog. She's going to be fine. And then I'm always like, she's not a dog. She's my daughter, you know? And so I realized something the other day, I was like thinking about why do I let this affect me so much? I think that because I can't be with my daughter right now and I can't, control any of that you know I can't even she's eight hours ahead I mean I have to say goodnight by a certain time I think because I can't control anything right now I can control my dog and how I take care (laughs) of her and how I am not joking it's like oh my gosh this is why I freak out about her because I have control of how I take care of her and when she doesn't feel good I get freaked out because I can't be with my daughter I can't physically be a mom to my daughter. And so I think that I kind of funnel that through my poor chihuahua, poor thing. <laughs> I smother her. She's like, I'm 11, which in dog years means I'm like 77. And, you know, I've had a good dog life. I don't know if you need to be freaking out like this, oh but gosh. I appreciate it, I think. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yes. That like I, mean, I, that's, why, I that's why my house is so clean. That's why all these things, I mean, like on, on my, uh, just to share with you, like how this has been affecting me and like the control and transferring, not being able to control this. So you transfer over here and you can control that. You know, I just finished my chemo treatments and um, for this round. And on the second one, they told us when we got to the door that Emily couldn't, you know, my partner couldn't go in with us anymore. And I had to mm. be there alone. And so oh by gosh. the time I had to go in for the third one, I was like, okay, if you can't come in with me, then also don't drop me off and don't pick me up. Let me drive myself so that I can control um, when I leave and when I get picked up. Because on that day that she had to just drop me off, she then mm-hmm. had to come back and pick me up. And I told her like 30 minutes that I had left, like, hey, you should leave now, 30 minutes left. And she didn't leave at that time. And so the point is that she was like on time, but I was freaking out about her not being there when I wanted to leave. Like basically when I leave chemo, nobody wants to then like wait around for their ride. Right. You know, right. It's just like, I get me out of here now. Um, and so I was super frustrated and it wasn't her fault and it wasn't my fault, but it was like that control thing. I can't control who comes in with me. I can't control whether or not I take this damn medication, all these things that I can't control. The one thing that I can, can I just, right? So I started driving myself and driving myself back. And that's, that was like the best, you know? And I do that when I have to go to the airport, I drive myself to the airport and, you know, because I freak out. It's like how I can manage some of the control in the midst of the uncontrol. So totally get that you would be that way with, with little Lupe, is it? 
Uh, yeah, so, mm-hmm. so, but I mean, I, I think that there's a lot that speaks to you in terms of caregiving, you know, like making sure your parents are okay, going into the medical, you know, world. Um, all these kinds of things are about like you wanting to help and to care and to do those things. So totally makes sense. Um, when is Bailey coming back? Um, we just said today we're going to look at tickets. So she wants to come back um, with, within the next two weeks. Yeah. So well, I think whatever. the ticket will probably be cheap because no one's flying right now. Are you worried about just that flight? I mean, it's like you're in the plane for like 10, 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah, I am. I'm very worried. I, I mean, I didn't want her. That's why we kind of pushed out the traveling. Like, like just wait a little bit longer. Let's see what happens, you know, but um, she says that there's not as many people flying. And so, right. you know, True. when hopefully she just, she knows she'll wear her mask and take those precautions you know but I think she's just like I need to come home and we all need to see her and then we can kind of regroup and figure out they're so unknown still about the future and moving her and you know her thing's been in the same clothes so I think just getting her home will make me and my family feel so much better but still when she comes home she's gonna have to stay here and kind of stay away from my parents for a little bit just to quarantine make sure that you know she doesn't have anything yeah for like so, two weeks maybe two weeks yeah i mean my mom said she, my mom said i'll drive by and you know wave to her but that's <laughs> it's gonna be tough i'll go you know? right up to the window and just like you know hug her through the window i mean yeah it, it, it is tough and then you know um wh- what do you think is going to happen sarah like super realistic be real with me she's going to be on this flight for hours at a time um, in a small space, hopefully still able to be six feet away from other folks or not, you know, hang around them. Um, right. We're hearing that the airlines, some of them, I don't know how international travel is going to stop doing food and beverage service, right? Because it's like touching and passing right. things on, um, asking people to wear masks, at least, you know, when they get on the plane through the airport, these kinds of things. Um, like, so Beta's going to have to get a lot of food and drink from the airport if it's open, mm-hmm. right? If the things inside the airport are open, because I haven't been to the airport in forever. I don't even know. Like, I don't even right. know if the stores and restaurants in the airport is open and you can't bring in liquids, you know, through security. So something better be open because she's going to have to stock up on things to keep herself hydrated and fed right. on a plane, right? So it gets super complicated when it's international travel. And then I once got pink eye on a flight coming home from Germany. And it's like I could, the pink eye was getting like slowly and slowly worse over every hour on the plane. And I know I got it from the damn plane, you know, like, cause I didn't have it before. (laughs) And it's one of those things where it's like, you wash your hand. Like how can you effectively wash your hands the way they're asking us to singing songs or whatever for enough time on a plane. And when you push the little button for water, it only spoots out for like two seconds. You got to touch it again to keep it going. You know, like it's just complicated to stay um, healthy hygiene wise, the way we're asked to right now while you're on a plane. And so here's the question that I was like, answer me honestly. So you go to pick her up from the airport. Are you going to hug her? Absolutely. I will get what I, I'm sorry. I'll get whatever she has. I absolutely, I have to. Are you going to wear a mask when you go to pick her up? 
Are you in the car gloves? Yeah. Like when you get out of the car, like, are you going to have a mask? Are you going to have gloves? Are you going to have like a, a throwaway gown? For hugging her? Yes. No. Because she's coming back to my house. <sighs> I know. Are you scared? No. Why not? Where does, the, where does the lack of fear, like, how did you get rid of it? Because she's my baby. I don't know. It's different with her. I mean, I'm freaking scared to go to that market, okay? But when she, when That's she comes to travel, I know, I know. That's I what think. I'm saying. You're afraid to go to the market, and you're asking the old man, hi, sir, do you have a mask? Oh, you don't need one? Okay, I'll just mind my own business. <laughs> bye, bye. And, but if it's your child... Is this like that mama bear thing? Like what's, mm-hmm. what's happening here? I'll like, I'll start licking her. Cleaning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so gross. I just have oh. no fear with that. I don't. Whatever she's got, I'm getting. So I'll, I'll be in quarantine with her for two weeks. And, I, mean, I, think, I think that is actually what makes this moment so hard. Is that's what's been making it hard for people to not go to weddings, not go to gatherings when the family's together, not have parties, not be social, not see our parents and our children and our cousins and ne- you know nephews and nieces. It's like we have become so dependent on you know touching and seeing each other and giving each other physical comfort as mm-hmm. like the way to show that we care about someone. Touch is so related to showing that you care like if you don't like someone and you don't care about someone and you want to be mean to someone you're like no i'm not shaking your hand i'm not touching you i'm not even looking at you know what i mean like we've associated these things to me this is good and this is bad um and that is is super challenging you're in southern california where they opened the beaches last weekend and my sister and the girls, um, my nieces, actually went for a drive. They were driving by somebody's house for one of those birthday party parade things. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, oh, we're in the car. Let's go by the beach. Like, just go drive by the ocean to see it, right? And to see if people are even there. It was in the middle of the week. They said there were so many people out. Mm-hmm. Half the parking lot was closed, but half the parking lot was filled. And that they maybe saw 1% of the people wearing masks. Right. And, and no one was socially distant. What do you think about that? Have you been to the beach? Do you want to go to the beach? No, Are you and I saw. Gonna hang out at the beach this summer. No, we're not. We're not really beach girls. I mean, I love like going to dinner, walking the boardwalk. But no, I saw it on the news. I saw how many people are there. I could not believe it, especially how close they all were with no mask. We had a um, we had a protest on Monday here mm-hmm. at the Circle, the City of Orange. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so crazy. There were so many people. It was, was peaceful. The about? They want to reopen. They want their jobs back. Um, give us our rights. Give us our freedom. You know, I get it. A lot of these stores are like mom and pop stores or, you know, right. families need to make a living. There's families right. that, you know, are, are barely surviving right now. But I get that. Okay. But I believe in opening it slowly and still maintaining that six feet apart there are rules that i think can be applied to make it kind of safer but when i see a girl holding a sign saying i miss my gym i need my nails done that's the kind of stuff i'm like seriously there are so many people standing close to each other no Mm mask i barely saw any mask and it just that makes no sense to me 
I don't know. It just makes no sense to me. So no, I will not be going to the beach. Not for a while. I, I mean, I don't see myself going into a very crowded public area for a while until this is, I mean, when's it going to be gone? Is it ever uh, going to be gone? I, well, and that's the kind of stuff that makes people be like, so if I don't know when it's going to be gone, if I don't know when it might ever be safe, why bother trying? Right. Like, why not just live my best life however much I can right now? Like, and right. have, you, have you ever experienced something like that? I mean, like you and I, we're, we're now older. Uh, mm-hmm. Won't reveal the exact number just yet because I didn't ask for your consent to share how old <laughs> you are. Um, but um, we're, we're older. We're middle-aged, uh, so oh. to speak. And <laughs> you're like, why did oh, you even sad. say that? You, so already, you already let it out. <laughs> okay, so squeaked out that we're middle-aged. Did you ever have a time in your life where looking back, you're like, oh, that was some dangerous behavior, but I thought, you know, everything was going to be fine. Like, do, do you have a moment where you have some compassion for some of these people? Because you're like, yeah, I, there was definitely a time where I was only thinking about me and my needs or my wants and not anybody else. I mean, yeah, on smaller scale, but not to this magnitude to, to, you mean you, you weren't a teenager during a global pandemic? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't feel like I ever did anything that stupid. Um, but I do, I do see now there's people walking by with no mask. I've heard people talking like, man, I don't care anymore. This is never going to end. You know, you can see how people Mm -hmm. are just kind of giving up and being like, well, we just need to get things back to normal. But it's like, what is the new normal? I mean, is they're saying school is going to be forever changed. And even I read an article about offices and how most people are working from home now and how that's going to change a little bit. And, you know, I don't know what the new normal is going to be or when it's going to get to that point. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's scary. That's, you know, all these unknowns. Um, you know, I eventually I have to get a job again, you know, is it going to be in the medical field? The whole, the whole point of me not working before this happened was to just take some time for myself, take a deep breath and figure out what in my heart that I really want to do. Do I want to stay in the medical field? And I feel like I haven't been able to do that. And that sounds silly, right? I've been home this yeah. whole time, but there's just been so many other things. And, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that in the last, you know, few weeks, it's, it's been a little depressing. It's been, you know, the unknown and not having my daughter and, you know, seeing all the stuff going on in the world. And sometimes you're not even knowing what to believe. You know, you see all these Mm -hmm. people that think it's a conspiracy. You see nurses in New York. I saw videos of nurses saying that they're just letting all these people die. They're not even giving them medication. It's just like, it's so, there's so many things you hear and you don't know what to believe. And that in itself is confusing. Right. Right. You know, so it, it, it has been a little depressing and I don't think there's anything wrong in saying that because I think that a lot of people feel this way, yeah. but they don't want to say it. And instead yeah. they put, you know, funny memes up. I love it. I love all the funny pictures and mm-hmm. because it makes people feel like you're not alone. Like, Hey, I'm drinking wine at 11 in the morning. Well, look at that. She is too. Hey, must yeah. be okay. <laughs> Let's all do it. You know, it's like, Hey, you know, we feel like, Hey, if, if you're not the only yeah. one doing it, then, you know, and so, no, I I, I I hear you. I you know I made a bunch of a bunch of plans, um, you know, to leave my current job um, after 
uh, almost six years of working with them in some capacity, you know, sometimes on a contract initially. And then I was only half time because I could only work half time with my own medical needs at the time. Um, and then I've been full time and a director for a few years. And it was so much work. And it was so, um, you know, for me, uh, just like overwhelming. And I was burning out. Um, mm-hmm. with liking or being nice to anyone or anything. Um, and my relationship to work changed. At one point, it was really great to be so busy. And then all of a sudden, that busyness um, wasn't a good challenge anymore. It was completely overwhelming. It was starting to like affect my overall health as well as my mental right. health. And so I made a decision like a year ago that I was going to leave now. And so as it, the pandemic began, I was like, been they have what did you do like saying that you're gonna leave this job that's like good you're working from home you get paid enough like everything is enough and you wanted more you know and and now and my plans were oh you know maybe i'll turn a property into an airbnb and have a supplemental income like that maybe i'll just go into consulting and mm-hmm. you know have little projects here and there i can i can go back to the hustle there'll be plenty of work there'll be plenty there'll be plenty there'll be plenty and, or, oh, I, I'm going to teach a, a class at the university, you know, and, and, and I got the class approval and I was getting ready to do that. And all of my plans have been affected because I can't go teach in a classroom right now. I'm immunocompromised. Right. I can't, I can't be in a classroom with a bunch of strangers. Am I going to wear a mask? Are they going to wear a mask? Who's going to, where are the precautions going to be? I can't get that property and turn it into an Airbnb because who's Airbnb anything right now? Um, you know, all the, the consulting, oh, there'll be plenty of work. Is there like nonprofits right now are being hurt because the foundation money is based on the stock market, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. so all these things are up in, up in the air. And there's a part of me that was like, maybe I made the biggest mistake a year ago, planning to give myself a break. And now giving myself that break feels so scary because will there be anything to break out of afterwards? Right. Like, will I be able to get a job afterwards? And, you know, the other thing is that I, I have been on my partner, my spouse, my, my wife's um, insurance, medical insurance the whole time since we moved here, because I didn't know, you know, if I got a job, what that insurance was going to be like. And I'm not, a, I'm a Taurus. I'm not big on change. I don't like doing things multiple times. So I was like your insurance. And then I'll just figure the rest out. And her insurance is not the best, but mm-hmm. it's what I'm locked into right now. And I really can't leave because then I got right. sick and all these things. Right. And so the scary thing is now I'm hearing from my sister. I'm hearing from other folks. Like if you left your job or if you got um, let go because of this pandemic, and that's how you had insurance now what? So we need like consistent medical care. You can't have consistent medical care when how you get medical care is not consistent. You know, like this has to be safe in order for you to be safe. And because our insurance is tied to work, our insurance is tied to how much money you do or don't have, our money changes, our work changes. And so then our medical changes. And in the middle of a global pandemic, you really want someone who has mental health issues to not be on their medicine and not able to get their doctors. Exactly. Yep. You know, it's just like all these things. And so, um, you know, the new normal also has to include big changes on how we just like get care. And there's folks who are holding up signs about like, I need to get my nails done and I need to go back to work. Like, 
Is it that you need to go back to work or is it that you need to pay your bills? Is it that, you know, because why do you need to pay your bills? Cause that's how you have your home and that's how you have food and that's how you have all these things. Like there has to be another way that we can get all those things. I just, I'm so tired of us acting like everything is fine. It's just a few people who are sick. It's a million people. Yeah. I don't know. Amen, sister. Amen. I don't know. What, what, what do you think is, um, what do you think is happening? Like last time when we spoke, we started talking a little bit about like our faith and like when we pray and, and things like that. And talking about the fact mm. that we went to like Catholic school together, you know, like, um, you know, there's different interpretations of like how you look at, at, at faith and, and, you know, um, how you see God and, and all these different, you know, sort of like rules and regulations and what have you. I've been mm-hmm. struck so much lately by the idea that like God is just love. It's just love. And right. so, you know, all these folks who I I've had a lot of tension between like organized religion and churches um, because I'm gay, because I'm gender queer, because I'm married to a woman, you know, because I believe in being pro-choice, like because of my politics and the way I want to live my life and feel that I should be free to do that. You know, I, I've had a lot of problems with people who are very much so attached to a particular kind of doctrine. But um, I, I feel like right now, this is, um, this is a crisis of faith. Like, do we believe yeah. in something we cannot see? Right? Like, like you were saying, like, it's hard to know what to believe, like, because you can't see it or what you hear, or what people are saying, like, a conspiracy is based on what you, you know, what you don't know, you fill in the gaps right. with ideas, right? And so I feel like this is a this is an intense time where if we can't see the virus and if we can't see somebody who's directly affected by it and sick, then we have no faith that if we're told that we have to do this because we could die, that we would believe it. Right. Um, what what do you think? Like, do you think that people right now of faith are are doing more of the sheltering in place because they believe about the like treat your treat your neighbor how you want to be treated or do you think that that is making folks feel like you know well i just pray every day so if i die you know at least i prayed well i think there's people um of faith are reacting differently i mean i think there is some that are sheltering at home because they're saying i want to do my part i don't you know if i don't sometimes you you don't even know you have you're carrying this, you know, right. there's those people that are really listening to that. There are those people of faith that are getting out there and saying, no, I have to do more for this community. You know, I'll, right. Right. I'll put a mask on, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to distribute food or I'm going to go right. put paint rocks and leave them for my neighbors for hope. Or, you know, there's mm-hmm. different things that people are doing, but then there's, you know, I see, I don't know if, who it was. I saw in the news, but they were gathering and they're saying that um, God will protect them, that they, they had oh, no yeah, mask or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, still having, they were still having services at like church. There's a few places. It's like two different stories. I can't remember exactly like what state or what area. Um, but I've, I've, I've heard about these things too. Yeah, and they're saying, you know, God will protect me. And it's just like, oh, I'm like, oh my gosh, don't do that. Like, you know, again, it's all these people with each other with masks. And it's like, well, there's Christian scientists too who don't believe that that medical professionals should intervene, right? Like you, you pray, mm-hmm. you don't, yeah. you don't have this intervention. Um, and, 
and I do believe, I do believe in miracles. I do believe in that, but I'm not that naive. Like you have to do your part, you know, it is what it is. I believe there's a plan and it's already set out, but you still have to do your part and you can't just be out there with a whole bunch of people saying, well, God's got my back. I'm cool. God's got my back. <laughs> you know, it's just, I don't know. But I think from in my experience too, with what's supposed to come out of this, this big pandemic, I mean, we already live, we live in a broken world and nothing's going to be perfect. But I think like you said, God is love. And that's what we're supposed to be doing is loving each other. And you can turn on the news or social media and you see these nurses and I, I, I can never get enough of the people that like cheer and, you know, hit mm-hmm. the pots and pans and people mm-hmm. in Italy that are lining up. I, I love that stuff because it's just so awesome to see that love. Mm-hmm. And there's people that have just, you know, the, the Medicare, the healthcare workers with the, you know, you see the Burns scars under their faces, there. Oh yeah. my gosh. I cry every time. I'm just like, Oh, so there's been some really, really good things that have come out of this. You know, the amount of people and love. And what do you, what do you, what do you think would be some advice, um, even for me? Like, it's getting warmer out. I've been to a park um, three times. We go mm-hmm. out to this park and we go to a place. I mean, I live in a small town, so even the most crowded area is not that crowded. Um, so we've been going to this park and going to a place where like people aren't around and setting up mm-hmm. our little chairs and playing games and eating meals. And, yeah, and we've been enjoying like people watching, like watching people is kind of all I need. I don't need to talk to you. I don't need to touch you, but watching you move around is kind of nice. Um, yeah. so, so, and it's better than a flat screen on like zoom or like TV, right. you know, like, right. so I, I've been appreciating doing that. <clears throat> but then you see people not in masks where people are starting to kind of come near you. Right? right. And I'm like, no, stay away. I'm almost like, I want to have a little stick or a little like a yardstick pull yeah. noodle. Yeah. To be like, this is how far away you need to be from me. Like, how do, how can I, I'm asking for your advice. How can I show love and appreciation, but still protect myself? Like, you know, I have on my mask when I need to, and I take it off when I don't want to, and it's still safe for others. Like, how can I basically go up to that old man in the grocery store and, you know, alert them that I need protection and they want protection, like those kinds of things. Like I live near a hospital um, and there's a lot of foot traffic in front of my house. And I was thinking of buying a lot of masks and mm-hmm. putting out one of those like free library, you know, car yeah. box type things with masks that say like, let's all keep each other safe. If you need a mask, please take one from like in here. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to encourage people to show love in this way and also be letting people know, I need you to do this. What do right. you suggest? I think that I think that's a perfect way. I mean, I've seen that happen here too. Um, you know, people have, uh, a thing of water, you know, please take one if you need it, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I was like, Oh, I hope somebody doesn't take the whole thing, you know, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a really good idea you have. Cause then it's like, Hey, protect yourself. Because I know for a while here too, I had to ask my neighbor for a mask because I couldn't find any, mm-hmm. you know? And I was just like, Oh man. I mean, so if somebody had offered them, that would have been so nice. You could easily do that. I'm going to tell you what I'm, what I'm starting to do. Yeah. I'm a, uh, my church does a motel ministry. Mm-hmm. I've done this before with, with my daughter, with my fiance, with my motel family. Ministry. Well, they, this is before the pandemic. They, they go to these motels um, mm-hmm. 
in sometimes not the nicest areas um, for people, the families that are living there and struggling. And we, you know, we've actually made food, you know, made casseroles or breakfast and we come and we serve them and we kind of sit with them and talk to them. Well, they're, they're not really doing that as much, you know, like Mm -hmm. groups, but Mm -hmm. they asked for us, is there anything you need help with? And they said, well, you can still donate food because we need, we're still delivering. We're just, they're just not, you know, interacting, Yeah. you know, you know, big groups. So I said, send me a list of stuff you need. And they just did. So I'm going to be asking my friends and family, if you got those cans of black eyed peas and yams, yams <laughs> give them up. And if you know, you're not going to use them. Yeah. Give them up. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. I also, so, so I understand giving away the food that also you don't want to have, but you know how like sometimes you'll see a homeless person or someone who's in need, who's like asking for help and Mm -hmm. you'll hear people say like, oh, I'm not going to give to that person because they're only going to use it for like drugs and alcohol or he's just going to buy cigarettes. Right. And I've always been like, and what poor people don't get to have fun. Poor people right. don't get to let loose. Poor people can't like do whatever they want. Like somehow if you're in need, you don't get to actually have wants. You right. don't ha- get to have desires, you know, like you have to earn, you know, treats. You have to earn love. You have to earn, you know, enjoying life. So I'm always like, no, spend it however the hell you want exactly. to. I have no judgment. And so I actually had a lot of birthday sort of like sweets and cupcakes the other day. And we were on our way out to the park. And there was this homeless man and I was like, I'm getting out of the car. And I put on my mask and I put on gloves and I approached him and I said, sir, would you like a cupcake? And you should have seen the smile on his face. He was like, yes, I would love a cupcake. And then I said, do you have a mask? And he was like, yes. And I was like, would you like some financial help? So like I gave him some money, I gave him a cupcake. I asked if he had a mask and then he was like, you let me know what I can do for you. And I was like, oh, I was like so touched even by that gesture. And then I was like, I'm good. And I got in the car. And then as I was driving away, I realized I should have asked him. Yeah, I actually could use your help. Could you put on that mask? Could you wear that mask? Because I want you to stick around. And I want you to be around. And that's not going to happen if you don't actually wear that mask. And there's a part of me that thinks that that old guy in the grocery store and that homeless man don't have a mask. Because I think that we are also sort of like sharing out in the world right now that if you don't have it, there's something wrong with you. So just say that you do. And then it's about freedom. And Mm -hmm. I, I actually think that I need to start walking around and having masks on me to give away. Right. Like have it for me and then have a few knowing that I might have to give those away. And instead of just asking, do you have a mask? Right. We're noticing that if you say, do you have a need? People are like, no, I don't have a need. But if you say, would you want this? Would you like this? It changes like people's attitudes. I think I'm going to go around with extra masks and be like, would you like this? Not do you need this? Because we live in a world right now where if you say you have needs, it communicates something different that has mm-hmm. shame around it. And that's so messed up. And, I, and that's what I actually hope changes in this time as much as it can, that asking for what you need is not something to be looked down upon. Right. I've seen um, a couple of things. Remember I've talked about my next door app mm-hmm. where people put, you know, if you need anything, if, if you need water, if you need gloves, if you need financial Are people help. asking? 
well, where'd, where'd you go? There you are. Um, they'll say, you know, message me privately, you know, mm-hmm. and I can help you. So I have always wonder, like, is anybody doing it? But I like yeah. that because it's just not like putting you out there. Like, yes, I do need your help forever. You know, some people don't want people to know that. And so I really like that. But like, yes, I I get it. Like I I like being able for it to be private if that's what your need is. And Mm -hmm. why does it have to be private? Like that's the whole thing. You know, it reminds me actually of early days when um, I had come out and it's like the nineties. I remember Mm -hmm. some of the first like um, gay straight alliance or like queer student union meetings that I would go to had to be in a room that had no windows and it was never publicly announced like where the meeting was. And mm-hmm. it was kind of hidden because that's what made it safe, right? Because it was so hard to come out and it still is BS, but it was, it was so much more stigmatized in the eighties and nineties. Yeah. And it was so hard to do it that people were like, I want to meet with other queer people. I want to be with my people, but it is so afraid for other folks to even know that I belong in this community. Right. And slowly those meetings started to go away and it was more public and it was more safe. And, and in our numbers, we were safer in how many numbers we were. And then there's still like small towns and areas where folks are still having those kinds of meetings where it's kind of in a private place to be safe. But there's something about that, right? Like if you feel like you have to hide it, it's something to be ashamed of, then it stays as something to be ashamed of and, mm-hmm. and asking for help in this country, in the United States is like such a big no, no. Like it means you're not successful. You're not okay. If you need help. Right. But what, what if it's, I'm not, you're making me think about this. What if it's just the money issue? Because I've seen people also post, you know, I'm an elderly person that can't leave my home. Is there anybody that can help me with shopping? You know, and it's like, yeah. boom, all these people or does anybody know, does anybody have any of this, you know, but when it comes to like money and saying I need financial help, I don't know if that's the issue that people are afraid to say. Yeah. I mean, and it might be, and you know, when we look at like, you know, um, elderly folks and, you know, our parents, like we all have different ways of like being old and being taken care of. And I'm so grateful that like my mom, who's my primary parent, um, you know, has a pension. So she's been mm-hmm. retired for a very long time, but she doesn't have to work and she's okay. And and my other mom, you know, who, who raised me, Eva and her husband, you know, like he's still working. And so she's okay, but she's been on disability for a very long time because she hurt herself at work. So she had to ask you know, the government for help Mm. and the government provides because there's nothing else she can do. And I think right now that's the thing. Like for many of these folks, there's nothing else they can do, even if it's just temporarily. And Mm. where's the help, you know, and you have to ask for it. And it's, it's so hard even, and, and yeah, I don't know. We got some big, we got some big problems. We got some big problems. Yes. What's, what's Bailey going to do for work now that she's graduated from school? Well, the whole plan before this was for her to come home um, and spend some time here with us. And then she was moving to London to live with her boyfriend. Um, she, you know, had gone to school out there for six months and she says there's lots of opportunities for her. Um, not honestly, she's still not sure exactly what she wants to do. She was just going to, she has that luxury, you know, of, of, having a boyfriend that has a place and that can help her out. And so it's like, now it's like, 
you know, who knows what the opportunities yeah. for jobs are going to be. I, again, these are all the unknowns. I know she's still planning on moving out there with him, but I don't know. And it scares me because this is the most exciting time of her life. Like she just is graduating. You know, she's supposed to be graduating two weeks from an art school in New York. And I feel like she can't even like fully celebrate that or, you know, there's so many unknowns with the world. What is her future going to be? What is she going to, I know she's talented. I know she wants to get out there, but I don't know. I don't know what she's going to do. Um, I just know that we talk every day and she says, I know how lucky I'm blessed to have a family that supports me because she's got a lot of friends that don't mm. people that are still on their own in New York and having to go to this by themselves and, you know, not to have that financial and, you know, mental support that we give yeah. her. I mean, we have yeah. a big family that's, they've all sacrificed to have her there. So I don't know. It's a scary question. I don't know what's going to happen or what, what she's going to do, but I just know that we'll be there for her. You know, it's all we can do. Well, Sarah, uh, I hope that we can keep talking and, and see how things keep going. I'll reach out in, a, in another couple of weeks and, and maybe even by then, uh, Bailey will be home and we will mm. have even more to talk about in terms of what that was like. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that I really hope that when you, when you hug and kiss her and see her for the first time, that you have on gloves, a mask, and maybe even some kind of a, a, a jacket that you're then willing to take off and put quickly in the washer afterwards. Um, but I know you're going to do whatever you oh, need I to know. do. <laughs> I will um, think about it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, even if you just think about it, that's, that seems pleasant enough for me. <laughs> I will think about it just for um, you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, I, I appreciate you making the time. And again, I hope that you have it again um, when I reach out to talk to you again. Um, take care, though, in the meantime. And um, I look forward to see what people might be able to come up with. Um, canned black eyed peas and canned yams. Um, oh yeah! Oh you yeah! Put that, you should put that in chop the next challenge. chop challenge. Yeah. Yes. What can you do with black eyed peas? Um, okay. I'm gonna. I mean, they're I'm a great band. You could turn them into great music. <laughs> All right. You've been listening to Been There, Done That, your pandemic survival podcast. Um, let's get it started. Uh, I'm your host, Felicia Perez. Stay well and stay human. <laughs> <laughs>